Blog Talk Radio. That's good. Does it deserve it? Well, that's probably the topic of a show. 
I would really like one day uh, for somebody who believes that the coronavirus is all it's cracked out to be to uh, come in and sit with me and let's talk about it because I've got some stats and some facts and some figures and some science that might say maybe we're overreacting a little bit. Don't know. We'll find out. Generations go by. We'll find out. Um, but meanwhile, this thing has thrown the whole world for a loop. Easter was not celebrated as it generally is. Um, Cinco de Mayo wasn't celebrated as it generally is. Um, so many things as we're getting into the summertime um, are going to be different. People are getting tickets for surfing. Um, I heard a guy in Michigan got shot, killed, because he was trying to enforce the rules put forth by the state that said you got to wear a mask if you go in a grocery store. And now he's dead. I think in a lot of ways, difficult times bring out the best in people. And I think in a lot of ways, difficult times bring out the worst in people. It's kind of like a lot of things. And I think inside of each of us, we have our best selves and we have our worst selves. And I'm hoping this show today will encourage more of you to be your best self than your worst self. You know, the one thing that we have is a choice about us. What are we going to do? What are we going to do about anything? What are we going to do about how we act? What are we going to do about what, we're, what we physically do or don't do? Are we going to curl up in a ball and and complain? Are we going to eat bonbons until we get diabetes and, and can't get out of our chair because we're too big? Are we going to hunker down and make a new plan? Are we going to spend more time with our loved ones because we became aware that it's really important? It's always been really important, but we just became aware of it because we had time to think about it. Are we going to restructure our businesses, our our life's work, our projects, our, our, our hobbies, how we spend our time? I don't know. I hope you do. I know what I'm doing. And I'm doing the thing, you know, you guys ever watch, um, I don't know, when I was a kid, I was actually a little older than a kid, when my kids were really young, there was a show called Pinky and the Brain, and it was a show about a couple of cartoon creatures, and one of them was the smart one, and the other one was the minion, and um, the smart one was plotting to take over the world. Every day he came up with a new way, and, and, and uh, the little one would say, what are we going to do today, Pinky? And the other one would say, same as we do every day, we're going to take over the world. I'm kind of like that, only I don't want to take over the world. The last thing I want is the world. What I want to do is fix the world. I want to fix it. The world's broken. Humanity's broken. we got all kinds of issues and broken problems. Have you ever been a mechanic or known a mechanic who is like a real avid mechanic? And a real good mechanic always looks for a challenge, Right? And a, and a challenge in the mechanic world is called a basket case. And a basket case 
is just like it might sound. It's a bucket of parts. It's not even a not even a vehicle. It's literally pieces. It might be a chassis or a frame and then a basket of parts. And there will be some parts that are good and some parts that are not, some parts that are missing, some parts that need to be made and some parts that need to be modified. But that's the challenge for a good mechanic. And a good mechanic can take a basket case and turn it into a pristine vehicle. And if he's really good, he can turn it into a custom, you know, tricked-out vehicle, race car or whatever. Depends on what it is. Motorcycle could be a dune buggy. It doesn't matter. Well, folks, I hate to tell you this, but I think humanity has become a basket case. I think it just has. I think that we have gotten so selfish and so jaded and so apathetic and so full of our own egos, and, and, and we've gotten so unwilling to really get outside of it. And it's not everybody, obviously. There's some wonderful people out there doing wonderful work. But most of the wonderful people doing wonderful work are doing very narrowly focused wonderful work. And they're so busy doing their wonderful work that they can't help the other guys do their wonderful work. And so you got all these little one-man shows all over the place doing little one-man jobs. And I run into it all the time. I've been working with the Human Solution for nigh on 11 years. And through the course of it, people have come and gone. And people have, have, have entered into the, 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 the company and become part of it. And then decided they had a problem with somebody and gone off and done their own thing. It's happened many, many times. And through the course of it all, we have spent a lot of time from the very beginning I remember one of our very first fundraisers, the theme of it was unity in the community. It's back in 2010 or 2011. And our goal was to bring the organizations together. We're going to have an event that's going to show the kumbaya. We're going to lock arms and we're going to be stronger than ever. We're going to all do the things that we can do because we can. And we're going to do it together because the big picture is more important, right? And that lasted a little while on it never really stopped. We never broke up. The band never broke up. It was like, um, you know, the big We Are the World band where there's bits and pieces of all of the bands and they got together for that album and they never really broke up. They just never did anymore. It's kind of like that. And years have gone by and, and, and there's been lots of good work happening. You know, we did our Journey for Justice tour in 2013 and we went up to Montana and spread the seeds of I don't, dozens of chapters and helped out a defendant who was facing 90 years in prison and did a lot of good work. And all those people that were on that bus used to be close and together, but not any of them really work together today. They're all mostly still doing stuff, but not together, not unified, and not effective. Because until we stand together, we're divided. How's that old saying go? Divided we stand, united we... No, no, it's not that. It's the other one. Yeah. So when we get more divided, we get weaker. And when we get more united, we get stronger. Now, I can't help but think, maybe, just maybe, that this tragedy that's happening right now, and whether it's a real tragedy or perceived tragedy, it really doesn't matter, because the economy is on lockdown, people are on lockdown, people are afraid, people 
angry, people are frustrated. It's a tragedy. Whether the virus has much to do with it or not, it doesn't even really matter at this point. We have got ourselves a calamity. We've got ourselves a problem. Now, sometimes when there's a big problem, it has a unifying effect. You know, the world wars were hell, literally hell. Like if you've studied the world wars and what happened during the course of those events, it was literally hell, like things that we can't even imagine. You know, the movies depict them in somewhat, but we don't connect ourselves really with the movie. The guys that came home from that, they got shell-shocked. They got stuck. They can't talk about it. They won't talk about it. They just, like, blocked it out. That was a thing. It still is a thing. But most of those guys are old and dead now. And we don't know anything about it. We don't know anything about that kind of experience. Go back in history, and it gets even worse. You know, these are the most peaceful times we've ever had in all of humanity. Less people die every year from war and pillaging and all the horrors that used to happen throughout all of history today than ever before. But supposedly we know better now, right? And yet, everything's still broke. So many things are still broken. So I'm thinking, just my crazy little brain always going off, trying to, trying to go do some crazy thing like fix something, I'm thinking humanity is a basket case, and I'm looking for a few good mechanics that want to help me fix it. And how do we fix it? Well, all we got to really do is jumpstart it. Humanity is really great at fixing itself. We don't have to fix everything. All we have to do mostly is fix our attitude and fix our thoughts, fix our hearts a little bit. You know, over the last couple of weeks, I've I've gone through some personal crap. I had my heart broken in a bad way by somebody very close to me and somebody who had come to me I've known for a very long time and, and have spent a lot of a really good time with this person. And finally they decided they wanted to work with me on a project. I was really excited and I and I thought maybe this time we can we can get you on the right course. We can help you, we can build something together and, and it'll give us something that we can we can do and it'll be something that's part of all of this. Everything I do is part of this bigger project of the basket case of humanity, making the world a better place, healing people, all that good stuff. And it was great for a little while, a couple of weeks, three weeks, four weeks maybe, I don't know. But then it started to unravel. And Old demons came out, and, and, and I didn't realize that they were in play, and it turned out they were. And it looks like we've sort of undone it all. And so I had to rethink to myself, you know, wow, with that no longer part of the puzzle, I've got more time to put into something new. And I thought, what I need to do is spend more time looking at it all, looking at all the things that I'm doing and how I'm doing it and what I'm doing because, you know, there's an old saying, and I think it, I, it's attributed to Einstein. I don't know if he said it or not, but the notion, I, I do believe, that if you do the same thing over and over again and you expect different results, that you're basically nuts. 
And I believe that there's a difference between grit and nuts. Now, grit is the idea of staying with something until you get it done. And nuts is doing that same thing over and over again, and it not working, and you keep thinking one day it will. Now, how do you know the difference? You know, how, how can you tell when that wall's cracking? Well, there's indicators. If you're working on a project and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, if you really sit there and take your time and, and look at what you're doing and look at what the experience is, is, the experience is and how you're doing it, you'll notice that there are things happening. Little things sometimes. But if you journal and you and you calendar things and you start looking, you go, you pay attention, take snapshots of where you are all the time, and then you notice, oh, it doesn't seem like I'm getting anywhere, but looking back, I am getting somewhere. Well, if that's the case, then stay with it. You're probably going to get there. That's grit. That's the hardest part of it all. But when we keep doing something and it keeps backfiring and you do something and it keeps backfiring and you keep doing something and it keeps backfiring, and generally it has to do with trying to change people. Because I'm going to give you a little secret. You know, there's all these secrets out there and all these wisdom and sayings and this and that. Well, I'll tell you one thing I learned. You can't change people. can't change them. You can't inspire them. can't do it. You can't fix people. can't do it. What you can do is you can encourage people. You can, you can, you can't be an inspiration, but you can be inspiration. So if there's a little willingness, you can encourage that willingness, and it's like a fire, and you can blow on it and put a little tinder on it and get it to light up. But you can't be that fire. You're not that fire. That fire comes from that other person. And I think that that's where we go wrong. A lot of times we think, you know, there's a lot of relationships go south because I think there's another old adage where, well, I guess we're in the cliche version of Cup of Joe or the, the, I don't know, the old saying, whatever. But girls try to change the guy, and the guy tries to get the girl to accept him for who he is. And it just depends. Something's got to give, right? The guy generally doesn't change. And the girl generally doesn't accept the guy for who he is. But sometimes it works. And, and you know, compromises can be made if both parties want the same thing. Well, that's the key to working together. Finding that common ground, finding that thing that says, you know, this is bigger than both of us, and here's how and here's why. And maybe if we got off our proverbial... Uh, Easters and decided to say, this is important enough to do, and I don't really care what I don't like about you, and I don't really care what irritates me about you, and I don't really care what frustrates me about you. What I do care about is the thing that we can do together. So I said a little prayer today, and I said, I want this show to be able to push people off the fence. If they're thinking about doing something, maybe this show, something about this show will get them to say, yeah, you know what, I'll give it a shot. It's all I want. Give it a shot. Give it a try. You know, look at your life and say, well, this isn't working. Maybe your life's perfect. If so, call me up. I'd like to know what you're doing. I'd certainly like to taste of that. But it's probably not. 
I know mine isn't. I'm happy. I got a good life, but lots of things wrong. Lots of things need fixing. I'm most of them myself. So that's what we're working on. I'm encouraging you to maybe pay attention. You know, out of this show, five to ten thousand people are going to see it. Most of you will see it for thirty seconds and go, "I don't know what this is about." And turn it off. A few of you will watch it. I got the stats. I see it every week. Handful of you watch the whole show. A bunch of you watch a piece of it. Most of you watch less than a minute or right around a minute. I wish I was more interesting. I wish I had more really cool things to say. Maybe you can help. That would be awesome. So get to the part where we had a guest. I had a guest that I thought was scheduled today, but it turns out he's scheduled, I believe, in two weeks, which is cool because then I don't have to worry about a guest in two weeks. But um, he's involved with veterans issues in Texas, and I think that's super great. I have been working with the Human Solution, and part of our mission is um, veterans' right causes. And that has to do with not just access to cannabis, but access to any kind of medicine that might be needed. Um, housing, jobs, support, counseling, whatever it is, if you've gone to war for this country or any country, that country better support your ass because you deserve it. Now, I don't want anybody to go to war. I think war should be a thing of the past. One day we'll outgrow it and don't need it anymore. I certainly don't. But as long as it's there, there's going to be people fighting it. As long as there's people fighting it, there's going to be people broken by it. And as long as there's people broken by it, somebody's got to be there to help fix it. And that's part of what we're here to do. So I'm looking forward to that. Next week we have a guest. I haven't permanently inked it yet, but it looks like we're going to. And the guy's name is, uh, the guy's name, I'm doing a good job here, John Dacey. And John Dacey has an organization out of Arizona and the purpose of this organization is to file federal lawsuit to end private prisons. And I thought, wow, that's really bitching because guess what? We want to end prohibition and we want to make a world where people that are convicted of nonviolent offenses don't go to prison because they don't belong there. And private prisons, I believe, are a significant portion of, or at least a portion of why so many nonviolent people are going to prison. Because, oh, wait, they make their living at it. It's a conflict of interest in so many ways. So we're going to be meeting with this guy and hopefully working together on that project. So look forward to that next week. Craig Cecil calls in most, most weeks. Craig Cecil is currently serving life in federal prison without possibility of parole. Well, Craig has been on lockdown for the last three weeks, and he is, we've been communicating back and forth. Well, last week we finally got our press release out about Craig's issue of being denied access to being freed over this COVID thing. He qualifies in, in every way. 
But the warden's pissed off because he filed a complaint on the guy who broke his arm, which was a guard. And it's all complicated. We've been talking about it for weeks. Please check out the uh, archives if you've missed any of that. But at the end of the day, we did a press release and put it out to a number of agencies, and we got a reporter to pick up the story. And so we're in the process of working this story out. I, the editor got a hold of me just today and asked um, to communicate directly with Craig. So we're working on, on getting that information dialed in. But um, part of what we're doing here is bringing light to the problems that we have. And, you know, these calls to action are frustrating. I love them because it gives people a way to participate. But... Um, when only two or three people participate, it can go negative. So in one case, I just caught wind that um, Adam Fogelberg got uh, in trouble because he disclosed some issues that were going on in the prison he's at, and there was a call to action, and only a couple of people were emailing, and it became apparent who did it. Because of that, now had a thousand people emailed, they wouldn't have known. But because the same person was emailing over and over again, they kind of caught wind and figured it out. Now this guy got in trouble over it. So when we do a call to action, it, it works better when everybody actually acts. And when we make it important enough not only to do it, but to tell everybody about it, to get it going, to light it up, to make it happen. And I know most people do that only when it affects them in some way, but, you know, that's part of what we're trying to change here. Anyways, I'm going to read you a note from Craig that just came over a couple of days ago. And um, here's, here's, here it is. Hi, Joe. First of all, as to the recent article, this is with regards to an article that he published somewhere. And he says, I do know it was published by valuewalk.com, lourockwell.com, wnd.com, and I don't know who else. I believe you could go to any of them and find it. Secondly, thank you for the hookup so far with PRISM. That's the news agency that this reporter's with. Do you know anything about the publication? I ask if it's a marijuana-based publication or just news interest. The BOP searched its records for prisoners who qualified for release under the memo written by Attorney General Barr. It sought prisoners who are over 60 years old and vulnerable to COVID-19. I'm diabetic and 60. Then it was to screen according to whether the pattern analysis found the person was not likely to commit another offense. Since this is my first and only conviction, I maxed the not likely category. The prison was told by Washington, D.C., Office of BOP, to send me home on home confinement. Since, remember, they show me with the release date of 2028. And having served 80% of my sentence, this is because... They do not recognize my resentencing from 30 years back to life imprisonment because the court didn't do a legal resentencing. This prison is where prisoners first report to the BOP from county jails or self-surrender to prison. This is now one of the most likely places for an outbreak, like the federal prison at Terminal Island, California. The warden refused to follow the order from D.C. because he determined there is no known positive virus test here no tests have been performed. So here I sit, and Champ was pumped up, but now it's worried for me. Even my ex-wife got a hold of Sherry 
to ask how to remedy this, Craig. This is real, folks. This is a real letter from a real person, really serving life in prison without possibility of parole, who had his sentence sort of changed because when Obama was doing his clemency or commutations, they changed it because only people that had no other recourse to get out had a chance to get out. And the prosecutor slipped something in there and changed it to where it kind of, sort of, supposedly changed it, but it didn't really. So he's stuck betwixt and between. He qualifies to get out on home confinement, but the warden won't hear anything of it. And so us getting involved on a bigger scale, not just two or three of us, but really getting the word out and getting engaged. That's what can and would work if, if we were to do it. So I encourage you, um, maybe decide, today, today I've got time. Today I decide I want to be a part of the human solution or some other group. Frankly, if it's a choice of you working with the human solution or some other group, I would hope you'd want to work with us. But if it's a choice of you working with somebody or not working with anybody, I certainly hope you work with somebody. Now, we got something brand new. we got a brand new version of our membership card. And we have an annual membership. We've set up on our automatic monthly membership to work for a year, so every year you have to renew it. And the reason that we did it, I've actually had people complain to me about that annual membership because they just want to stay a member and they don't want to have to think about it. But I want it to be a conscious choice. Every year I don't want you to forget about it and just keep paying it, and then one day, years later, you go, what the hell is this? Why am I still paying this? No, I want every year to acknowledge it and say, yeah, I, I am still part of the Human Solution International. I am a part of this. There's a handful of lifetime um, members. You guys know who you are. But most everybody else is not. And even if you've been super active over the years, I pay my dues every month. I always have. I got a membership card. I renew every year. You know why? Because it's important. I think it's important to decide what you're doing in your life, where you're putting your energy. And I think when you make a conscious choice to be a part of something, you do it better. You do it with a little conviction. You do it with some commitment. I think it makes more of a difference. So I encourage this. You know, this year, this September, we're going to be holding elections. And um, over the next weeks and months, we're going to be uh, laying out the process for that, application process to qualify to uh, run for office. Any member that has signed up to be a member by a certain date, whatever the deadline we set, um, has a vote. Every member gets one vote. It's always been that way. It's a true democratic election. Any member of this organization gets one vote, just like everybody. And every two years, all of our officers either stay or are changed. And over the last 10 years of doing this, we've had a lot of people come and go and a few people stay. 
And I believe we're getting stronger and stronger every week, every month, every year. I believe that we have a stronger leadership team today than we ever have. And some of the people are brand new, and some of the people have been around for a long time. It's a good combination. Speaking of that, I want to uh, let you guys know that Becca Nichols has gone into surgery today. I'm, I'm hoping she's out. I haven't heard anything yet. Um, but I don't know how long it'll be before I do. She had a neck surgery, a pretty serious one. This is like, I believe, her seventh surgery she's had on her neck as a result of some injuries. Um, and uh, just, you know, say a prayer for her, good thought, intention of visualization, whatever it is you do that makes things happen. Take some time to do it. Becca's a really good person. She has, I've been working with her for over six years now. And of all the people I've worked with for that long, for the human solution specifically, I've worked with other people on other things that long that I never had any issues with. But specifically working with the human solution on the work that we do, the way we do it, I have never worked with anybody that long with such a small amount of issues. We never had any issues. She's always been um, without ego. She's always been willing to do what it takes to get things done. She's a person kind of like me. You know, when somebody close to her died and she was going through hardship, she showed up at the meeting the next day. Same thing with me. I think it's just important that when you commit to doing something that you do it. And she's that kind of a person, and, and I, I believe that she's instrumental in the success of the human solution. And she manages our books and makes sure that all of our, all of our uh, fundraising and bookkeeping is, is, is held straight. And um, I think it's super important because I don't have to touch the money. I don't have to have anything to do with it. I don't, you know, none of it. And, and it's important. You know why? Because... I stick my neck out as the face of this organization, and because of that, I take the arrows. I take the spears. I take the slings and the rocks and everything because when somebody's willing to stick their neck out, they become the target. So anytime I start yapping about something, uh, I've learned to keep money out of it because it doesn't matter. If money gets involved, people are going to, you know, accuse you of things. And so... We got a good situation like that right now because um, Becca handles all the money and I do all the yapping, and uh, together we're a good team. Uh, hold on here, folks. Feedback, gotta love it. Anyhow, um, say a prayer for Becca if you can. She's uh, needs to come back and and uh, be a part of this. Again, the way we need. Um, she's been involved and, and responsible for a good part of the website that's been built, rebuilt, and rebuilt again over the last five or six years. And, um, and so many other things. She's doing the logistics uh, element of the Walk for Change. Um, she's just involved in, in most things that we do. Um, All right, so we've got the elections coming up. I encourage you, if you're a member of the Human Solution, 
and you want to be uh, a bigger part of what we're doing, um, consider running for office. We have a president, president, a, a secretary, a treasurer, um, board members, and a, executive directors, um, chairman of the board. We got all the positions open every year. And to qualify, you need to be a member for a year. And if you're not a member for the year and you are really interested in participating in this organization, there's a way for there to be a wave, a waiver. It's all possible. So I encourage participation. Second thing I, I encourage is get involved with your chapter. We've got over 40 chapters across the country that have been chartered at one time or another. We got a handful of them that are active right now, and you know that's generally because of the cases. So for the most part, chapters are active when there are cases that are being supported. That's not entirely the case, but more often than not. And so when we have defendants that need support, um, when we have uh, issues that are being addressed locally, uh, chapters generally become more active. And when there's not, um, you know, it's a lot of work to keep working to end prohibition with a chapter if you don't have a, a specific local cause. It can be done. The, the headquarters chapter's been running strong for the whole time. Wow, look at that, I got a star behind me now. That's cool, maybe I can fix that, I'm not sure. There we go, that's better. Anyways, um, I encourage you to participate with a local chapter, and if you're encouraged to be involved in your community or start up a community, uh, there's a lot of ways to do it. You know, we're doing a lot of virtual meetings right now. This radio show is an example of a virtual meeting. Now imagine you had half a dozen people or a dozen people or 20 people, 50 people that all wanted to get together to work on a project. Well, you could get them all on a call like this one. This podcast is done through a, a, an app called Zoom that you can, you can uh, have a lot of people get on a meeting. We do it all the time. Uh, you can organize. You can strategize. You can, uh, you know, you can get a lot done that way. Um, all right, so what the next thing I want you to do with the human solution is take a minute. We've got a whole new website, and it's thsintl.org. And I'm just going to show you real quick. This is our website, and we spent a lot of time over a lot of years developing resources. A big part of what we're trying to do as an organization is to be an empowerment, self-help type of an organization where you don't need to have a community, although we encourage it, it's not necessary. And you can get involved remotely. You can be as distant as you want and still be engaged and involved in projects and, and programs. So we've got a new newsletter out that um, has, has we've launched an issue, and there will be more coming. Um, when you get onto the website, um, that's the first thing that comes up is take a look at the newsletter. We have a calendar. So right now, the calendar has a bunch of things on it. And it's actually kind of encouraging because we have 
things happening. So today on the calendar is this show, and then we generally have a headquarters chapter meeting after the show. Uh, tomorrow we've got the Can of Views podcast, and we have our uh, well, we have two two things actually happening tomorrow. The Cannabis Open Carry Walks Organizer Meeting is on there, and they're also a chapter of the Human Solution. And then we also have our Walk for Change media call um, after that. And then on the 8th, and I don't know if it's been rescheduled or not, but there's um, a sentencing for Frank Crudo um, in Kansas. And if you remember, um, he was convicted, and, um, you know, this is actually we – yeah, everybody dropped the ball from the defendants to the to the chapter coordinators um, to us to me. Um, this is the time where there should have been a pretty active letter writing campaign, and I'm hoping that I don't know maybe they pull it together. And this is the time, as we've talked about for days, weeks, months, years, ten years that if there's ever a sentencing, that's when we organize character reference letters. That is the time when letters matter. You know, people want to write letters to judges prior to trials, and that doesn't work. That's a terrible idea. It's always a terrible idea. It's not a possible idea that works. So I encourage um, anybody who's involved in the Kansas chapter, uh, this is time. you got a couple of days to... Uh, Get some letters in, and even if it's just from locals, um, the judge has to read them. All right, up next, the Walk for Change has been working real hard. We've got a lot of things going on. And I've had people for the past six months, you know, all excited and wanting to get involved, and then COVID happens, and then a lot of people have turned their backs, and I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but I don't hear from them. And then some are still here and strong, and some are working harder than ever. All of these things are happening right now. But um, one of the things that you can do pretty easily is get involved with the social media campaign. You know, if you got enough time to scroll through Facebook and and you know get offended by somebody or or you know watch some goofy puppy video or whatever it is that you're into. Take a minute and get onto our Walk for Change page and engage it. Talk talk about it. You know, put a comment in, share it around, get engaged a little bit. We have a YouTube channel, we have an Instagram page, we have a Twitter page, we have multiple uh, Facebook pages that are all regional as well as a major one, and we're working hard to get information out there. Our YouTube channel has got dozens of videos, and there's more coming. This is the real deal, folks, and there's a lot of real people involved and a lot of real issues that we have the ability to change. Now, we've had to make some major changes in how this thing's working and when it's going to happen, and we're still working on the details of those changes, which we'll be announcing soon, but it's still happening, and it's still working, and it's still potentially a defining moment in human history, as I've said all along. I would love to see you be part of it before it gets started. Plenty of you are going to be part of it after it starts. That's the easy part. The parts I'm going to remember are those that were there helping 
in the beginning. Uh, Bobby, maybe you can pop on right now. I don't know if you're listening to this as it's happening, but if you are, um, I'd like to talk about this virtual event that's going to be happening this Saturday. Um, and we have a uh, town hall type of a virtual meeting that's going to be happening. And it's going to involve the Walk for Change and a number of other like-minded causes and individuals. And uh, we're going to possibly be um, revealing our anthem for the Walk for Change. And uh, if, if that happens the way it's supposed to, um, hopefully very soon we'll have information um, to share. So that, I guess, Bobby's not listening. So, all right, well, um, that I'm was... I'm here, I'm on the phone. Oh, okay. Well, um, when you get off the phone, if you could share the details about this information as we have them, I'd love to, I'd love to have that. Um, and then let's see. I'm scheduling guests and uh, for this show, and the way this show works best is if we have guests scheduled out at least a month or two, and so we have now on the Human Solution website, and here is the button, so if you guys can see this, on the main website, you can see my cursor here. There's a button that says a cup of joe. And down at the bottom of here, it says, be a guest on a cup of joe. You click on it, there's a little survey. And all you got to do is fill that sucker out and submit it, and then I'll contact you, and we'll schedule the calendar. So my goal, and I have a few people that have signed up, and we're going to be contacting you and, and, and scheduling you guys in. Um, several of the people that have uh, contacted to be a guest on the show wish to talk about cannabis as medicine. Um, they wish to talk about, um, you know, all of the, the, the virtues of, of cannabis medicine. And I, I could do a show about that. I don't know if you guys want a show about that. If you do, let me know. If you're into it, um, you know, that, that would be cool. Um, but mostly this show is about fighting to make that a possibility. Mostly this show is about making the changes, the, the, the human rights issues, the, the problems that we face right now, the basket case that is humanity, um, that's what this show's about, is making these changes. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Anyways, I've got somebody that decided they want to work on my computer right now while I'm doing my show. I just got to love it. Love the way things work out sometimes. That's okay. It's not about what happens. It's about how you react, and we're going to react in the best possible way, and we're going to keep marching. All right. So... Love to have you on as a guest. If you know an interesting person who would like to talk about anything that has to do with human rights, has to do with the human solution, any work we're doing, any defendants of nonviolent drug cases, especially cannabis cases, anybody who's involved in uh, any kind of human rights issue, um, working together, nonprofit work, all kinds of 
topics that we talk about, Native American issues, um, disabled folks issues, obviously cannabis issues. Issues. Talking about cannabis, we can do it if you guys want it. But to me, I think that I'd, I'd rather fix the problem so that we can talk about it freely and spend our efforts on that because it's easy to talk about cannabis. That's what we want to be able to do without fear of it being a crime. And I think that once we do that, then, yeah, we, we can have, I would love to have every kind of cannabis show. I could do a dozen cannabis shows about a dozen topics. But right now, there's still guys locked up for it. So, I, you know, I saw an article just today about, you know, 8,000 Californians had their records cleared. Well, yeah, but did they tell you what those records were for? Most of them were for simple possession. There's a lot of people that are never going to get their records cleared. There's people still getting new records. There's still illegal cannabis busts happening every day in California, in Colorado, in Oregon, Washington, all the legal places. Um, we're not done. And, yeah, good things are happening. We're making progress. We're stepping forward. But meanwhile, if we take one step forward and two steps back, those people that are on the backward steps are having their lives shattered, and that's what we're here to fix. All right, we're. Uh, I'm, ready. I'm ready. Bobby, tell us what's going on this weekend. How's everybody doing tonight? Fantastic. Always oh, great to say hello to a cup of Joe. All right, so the Walk for Change Town Hall, well, the Positive People Town Hall that the Walk for Change is part of. So on on uh, the ninth of May. At uh, 10 a.m. Pacific Time to 3 p.m. Pacific Time, the Walk for Change will be part of the Positive People Town Hall. The Walk for Change is bringing a number of guests and speakers and panelists and artists. Uh, the debut of the Walk for Change anthem I heard you mentioned earlier when I was on the phone. I had one ear with you and one ear elsewhere. And, uh, so that's, that's going to be happening as well. Uh, the fantastic artist Fernando Perdomo is going to be performing as well during the walk of change. Uh, the California, uh, so Jim Bartlett from uh, the, the writer uh, of uh, Ryan's Law, which uh, was a piece of legislation that was uh, passed by the California legislator that dealt with allowing for cannabis to be used for patient care in hospitals. Uh, it passed overwhelmingly bipartisan would have been bipartisan law, and then the governor vetoed it on the basis of the basically the federal bribery system because hospitals get a lot of federal money and they could lose it because of the Schedule One classification. That was the reason the governor gave, even though when the law was written, it was amended to include a opt-out for hospitals to be able to get around that, but they vetoed it anyway. Anyway, so that's what that's one of, one of the guests coming on. Uh, Eastside Morales is committed to being a spokesperson for the walk, working out his schedule to see which one, which town halls that he's going to be a part of, if not all of them. Uh, there are three of them. There's one on the 9th, one on the 16th, one on the 17th. One on the 9th is going to be virtually based in California, and the one on the 16th is going to be virtually based in Arizona, and the one on the 17th is going to be virtually based in Nevada. We already have commitments from cannabis nurse Janice Champagne for the Nevada one. 
Uh, we are bringing some other people in, uh, lawyers. We're going to talk about criminal justice reform. We're going to talk about indigenous rights. We're going to talk about health care reform uh, and any other subjects that come up because the walk expands on a lot of things. Um, it's going to be broadcast live on the YouTube channel, Positive People YouTube channel, and also on the Positive People Twitch uh, channel. And all the proceeds from any donations that are going to, are going to go directly to help the local COVID responders in California, Nevada, and Arizona. Excellent, excellent. And that's, you know, when when people are, are coming and they're saying, well, what's happening with the Walk for Change? And that's one of the things that are happening with the Walk for Change. And we're working on a number of events, both virtual and real time, as, you know, cities and states start to unravel their uh, lockdowns. We're going to unravel with them. And um, we're going to, you know, be doing a number of small um, preliminary events, um, and we're going to be, you know, laying out our course even even clearer. It looks like we're probably going to postpone our start date into September, um, and the reason for that is all of this has just gotten the world upside down, and I believe um, a lot of the planning has been stalled, for lack of a better word, um, and there's a lot of people that want to get involved and they're, they're focusing all their attention on the emergency that is their lives in the midst of lockdown. And so... An I, important distraction, I guess you can call it. A very... A, a I, real one. A real distraction. A real distraction. Indeed. You just got to work with it. Indeed. So, so our goal with this isn't to... Um, adhere to some artificial timeline that we set. Our goal is to be as effective as we can and get the most we can out of this initial version of this event and build something that is lasting and, and will fundamentally change the, this basket case that is humanity. And hopefully um, we, can, we can build a classic out of it, which I see that we can do. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to stop by. Let me know if you need anything. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Bobby Rodrigo. All right, folks, we're uh, we're six minutes away from our um, ending of the show, so um, I'm going to bring up Candice real briefly just to talk about some of the things that are going on with social media, and then we're going to give it over to Tom Corby uh, to close it out, and that's where we'll be. So, Candice, why don't you pop on if you can, and... Uh, Let's just, uh, you've been working real hard with the social media end of things and doing a great job, and it would be uh, good to let everybody kind of know what, what would be really great if you were to see. Candace Dyer, you are live on the air, and I just uh, forced your mic live. Hey, Candace, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great. Just trying to get our plant free. Yep, yep. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for uh, screening calls today, and you know, you're you're part of a really good team, and that's what teams do is they uh, they take over and they do what's needed, and uh, you've you've always been one to rise to the occasion, um, and you've been oh, handling a lot of social media posting um, lately, and and um, you know, what are your thoughts about you know, this is something that anybody could do if you're sick in bed. You could be coughing COVID burps every day, and you could still 
help us with the social media. So what would be the greatest thing if you were to see tomorrow um, when you're going through looking at the social media work you're doing? Oh, definitely. Um, I don't know if people know anything about algorithms, but from your home state, it's very easy to, if you're scrolling along and you see one of our pages just or our posts, just share it, like it, and try to comment on it because all those things help the algorithm. For some reason, Facebook's really iffy and it's Instagram and all those things. Um, it gives you more views if you have a higher rating of likes or comments on a post. So um, that's one way that they can definitely help get our stuff out there and share and just be participating in the things we got going. I know on Instagram right now there's a post up with a Walk for Change shirt, and it offers people to tag their friends to the post and share um, uh, or like our Instagram, the Walk for Change one, and uh, comment done on there and hashtag uh, walk for change 2020 and then you get in a drawing for Saturday to win a free walk for change shirt so if y'all haven't seen that y'all can go over there and check that out too awesome and you know what tomorrow after work my crew is going to be tie-dyeing um, I don't know think think nine or ten of those uh, walk for change shirts so we're going to have um, some special edition tie-dye oh, yeah. walk shirts that we're going to be announcing for some prizes, um, and I'll, I'll donate some to anybody who's putting together a, a contest. Um, so, anyways, that's a that's a new thing going to happen tomorrow. Heck, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Those shirts are going to look badass. Exactly, and I get one. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> Heck, yeah, right. you deserve it. Well, you know, you've been killing it out there in Texas, and um, we got a lot of of good support out there. So tell us uh, if somebody's in Texas and wants to be involved with your Cannabis Open Carry Walk chapter of the Human Solution International, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, they go look us up on Facebook or Instagram. We're 420 Open Carry on Instagram, and we're Cannabis Open Carry Walks on Facebook. And we actually have a walk coming up this, uh, not this Saturday, but next Saturday in Arlington at Raising Cane's. We'll be out there from 2 to 5, and we just get out there with our signs and flags and get people honking, and it'll be a lot of fun. Y'all come join us. Nice. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that happen and watching. We had our uh, Kansas chapter involved uh, with um, uh, with a little protest out there uh, last week, and they did some video of it. Um, so that's great. Hey, I think uh, awesome. George Marcheros line at the back of the on the bottom of the um of the board there so why don't you check him gotcha. out real quick and uh we'll 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 give george a minute to talk and i will talk to you again soon cool deal thank you awesome thank you so much all right folks well it it looks like george martirano is on the line so we're going to bring him up in a second and uh, we're going to go a couple of minutes late but we're doing really good um it's hard when I have guests to keep a show under an hour because I usually have a lot of yapping to do on top of the yapping we do with the guests. So we're doing what we can. Um, I think it's just important that we think about right now at this time when we're about to uh, immerse ourselves back into, um, um, you know, our lives. We're going to have 
new struggles to deal with. We're going to have um, some of the same old struggles to deal with. But I'm thinking, you know, if you can take a minute every day to think about the things that you want to see change in the world and then think about how you could get involved in making those changes happen. Um, getting involved in a, in a project like the Walk for Change or a group like the Human Solution can really be instrumental. And a lot of times people wander around kind of aimlessly and they want to help and they're good people, but they just don't know what to do and they, it's hard to take that first move. It's hard to get out there and try it. Well, that's what we offer is uh, people who have been out here doing it for a long time and, you know, we got a track record and we're here to continue making those changes and, um, you know, we're not here trying to legalize anything. We're here to decriminalize and finish the job and end that prohibition. You know, legal always has a place where it's not legal and if it's not a crime, it's not a crime and that's what we're here to do. All right, folks, we got George Martorano, um, and we haven't done a show in a couple of weeks, so we haven't heard from him in a minute. Um, but he's calling from Philadelphia, and a uh, great friend of the show, lifetime member of the Human Solution International, and all-around great guy, George Martorano, my brother from another mother. How are you doing today? Hey, how you doing, Joe? How's my family out there, Liz, Kathy, D.D., everybody, Paul? My love and respect. Anyway, uh, real quickly, because I know your your shows are always full and interesting. Uh, you know, we're we're dealing with uh, uh, a time in the world, uh, in our lives, in the world that we never experienced this pandemic. And uh, incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, I'm under contract. Uh, the last few months, we're doing our my documentary. It's doing very well. And uh, just uh, Saturday. Uh, Saturday, we shot at a prison here in Philly, and I uh, want to share the story. Then uh, after we shot, we went to uh, uh, this called Crisis in Kensington. If anybody can uh, search the film company that I'm working with, they did their uh, previous project. It was called Crisis in Kensington. It's the biggest opioid uh, community neighborhood, uh, I don't know, what do, what do you can call it? Nightmare in any city in America. It's right here in North Philadelphia. And it's been that way for, I understand, a couple decades. Well, after we shot at the prison, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I went there. We had dropped some food at the shelter because these uh, documentar- documentar- documentarians, they shot there for a year, so they knew the, the area very well. What I seen there, I did a video. Go on my Facebook, you'll see my last video. And I express myself to the powers that be, political powers that be in Philadelphia. In other words, how are you going to get this coronavirus out of the city if you can't clean up this neighborhood? It's a 20-block area, thousands and thousands of addicts, uh, uh, no no masks, no gloves, congregating, shooting up uh, right in the streets, 10, 15, living in abandoned houses. And it takes a lot to uh, move me, but what I've seen up there, there you know, I hope this virus leaves Earth all together, but I don't think it'll ever leave the city until they clean up that neighborhood. So I just don't understand. If you know, you tell people how to live their lives, what to do, mass distancing, but if you can't clean up an entire area, thousands and thousands of addicts, I don't know the answer anymore. Really, though, Joe. Well, I couldn't agree more, and you know that's part of what our Walk for Change is all about. Is you know we have obvious problems in our midst and and 
some that people like to brush under the rug. You know, if if you don't live in a place um, that that's overrun with crime and and poverty and and you know social blight like addiction, um, it's easy to just look look past it, look the other way. And you know, I think part of the part of what we need to do is is keep shining light on on these problems that need to be fixed. And you know, hopefully, um, I I've been saying lately I've been panning for gold. I'm looking for you know a few good people that care enough to get out there and do something. And I think by us continuing to talk about it, by you know documenting these things, these these documentaries are powerful because once they get out there stay out there and more and more people can see them and you know you just never know when that one person's going to get inspired and 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 come up and you know, we just have to keep talking you know you've said that before and and it, we can't let go we can't let up we have to keep out there and keep in it and keep talking about it and and it, if it stays important to us then we got a chance of it being important to somebody else and for that i well, think you're doing the right thing and a good thing well, my 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 foresight on a lot of things, and you know, I've been through a lot. Everyone knows that. Who knows me? Thirty-two plus years incarcerated, five years in solitary, and all that. But uh, you know, honesty. Honest, if someone comes to me and there's there's no way out, he can't figure it, or she can't figure anything out. If you just if you start with honesty, okay, that's the seed to grow yourself out of the problem. And I get so annoyed, this city right now, they gave me a big problem two weeks ago, Joe. They tried to say I was not essential, try to close my business down, maybe pay a fine and all that. But I was a gentleman, and I, I weathered through it, and I didn't shut down because I believe my CBD uh, shop was essential for those emotionally and physically ill, okay? So, again, there's a small businessman that came, they came down on me, but I weathered it. And I did everything right, nothing wrong. But then again, like I said, you have this neighborhood. Again, ladies and gentlemen, see this video, Crisis in Kensington. And here's this whole area, 20-block area. Not hundreds, maybe thousands of addicts. They come from all over the country just to come to the city because fentanyl is $5 a bag. Now, you're telling a small businessman like me to do this and do that, and you're ignoring you're ignoring this this. I, I don't know what it is. It's just this complete living nightmare, Joe. I totally agree. I totally agree. And you know, it's 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 kind of chaotic the, the way that it's happening. Because in in California, in some places, these shops have been okayed as as essential businesses. Hell, medical marijuana or cannabis dispensaries have been determined to be essential businesses on in some places, and in other places they're shut down. And it's you know. That's where the chaos is happening. There's no, there's no real strength of leadership in this, and I think that that's all it would take would be a, a cohesive plan and some good, strong leadership, um, and and we could work together as a community without everybody, you know, wondering wondering what's next and and being afraid and and you know the rules apply here but not there. Um, you know, you you don't know you don't know how to. Um, act if the rules don't make sense, and I think that that's what you know. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, in in short period of time, we get through all that. Well, yeah, like I mean, I, I said my piece tonight. The only thing I could add is, you know, no matter how frustrated 
you can get. You have to be patient. You have to be patient. You have to be uh, nonviolent, and you got to get through. Like I got through. They gave me a tough time in the city, and like across town, it was devastation. So I, I just don't understand it. But uh, it's always a pleasure being on the show, Joe. Joe, I'll be out there definitely in June after my right. daughter's birthday, well, May twenty sixth. I have to go into uh, I have to go into Phoenix, and then from Phoenix, I'll be up your way. Perfect. We're just a few hours away. All right, brother. I can't wait to see my right, California family. Huh? It's always <laughs> a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you, and uh, we'll keep on marching. George Martorano. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. And, thank you. All right. Thank you so much, George. We'll talk soon. All, all right, right folks. You. We're uh, at the end of the road here, and um, we got Tom Corby to close the show up. And uh, let's see what old Tom has to say. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? At my age, that's a loaded question. I want to <laughs> thank you, Joe, Becca, Lisa, Candace Dyer. Welcome aboard. Another awesome lady coming together, joining hands to find in proficient for all our POWs. That's our goal and vision at the Human Solution International. We talk about court support. I could go on for a few hours. In this case, we learned that what Joe was talking about when you get a new defendant in a certain county. We have a chapter there, and those people come, and we always uh, try to promote local court support requested. That's a 50-mile radius because what we found, uh, what defendant uh, has a first hearing, uh, I think that's a good time to go. But then after that, what's going to happen is uh, the DA and the defendant have to review all discovery, which could be two or three months. So we have to go with our priorities. Uh, and, of course, when a uh, defendant goes to trial, will come a long ways. That's what we do. And of course, we have a uh, code of conduct and draft conduct. That's so important. Uh, and I, I like to always have a pad, a big white pad to be writing. They're going to wonder what you're writing. And we got some good notes to share. Stacy Thies, Joe, you probably understand. And uh, you know that. Uh, We've had a fundraiser going to get the cannabis going again. And uh, those were the days, my friend. <laughs> uh, she sent me a message today. They got the cannabis uh, running again. Uh, she's down in Arizona. Kind of try to get up this way uh, about May 18th. Uh, maybe we can get you up here, Joe. You and Liz, that would be awesome. Uh, so that's a good, uh, a nice report all the stuff going on out there and we're lucky up here uh we have very little uh the coronavirus uh cases up here we actually only had 16 in northern california uh, butte county uh no deaths and they were all released so we were fortunate up here and it's opened up quite a bit which we need to do we need to get our country opened up all our businesses going uh, when it's safe enough, of course, with this three-phase step, I like 
Uh, I want to thank Candace Dyer uh, personally for screening today, and I agree totally with her on social media. Any way we go viral, get the word out. That's what we do. Uh, pain grows, a platinum rose. I want to thank George Montorano again. I finally finished his book, and it is amazing, the miracle that he lived through what he went through. What an amazing man. I'm honored to know him, and I want to thank him again for the book, and I strongly recommend it. You probably get it on Amazon. I'm not sure. I want to thank everybody again today for another historical radio show, and you're all part of history, and it all begins with one, and you could be the one. Come join us, help you the solution, and prohibition. And Donna always says, don't forget to breathe. Thank you all today. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tom Corby, and I want to thank Candace and everybody who uh, helped make this show possible this week. And uh, we'll be back again next week, and uh, we'll be we'll be back every week after that. So uh, thank you all for being here. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said, Don. You were always on my.